welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing, one of the pastors on staff. So glad you're joining us today. In the booth, I have Mark Luby, one of the other pastors on staff. Actually, the youngest pastor in Calvary history, which he probably hates me saying every time. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how I introduce him, because I think that's super cool. Hey, Calvary, so good to be with you today. Thanks for listening in. Like always, you can write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com or you can write me personally at J-E-W-I-N-G, Jewing at calvarybible.com. It's a really inappropriate email for a church. <laughs> and uh, I used to make that joke in starting point, Mark, yeah. all the time. And Thomas yeah. and Gary like, let's not make that joke anymore. <laughs> just do it on your podcast. Yeah, just do it on my- <laughs> like, well, then give me a new email address. Hey, Calvary, we love you. We're glad you're listening. Like like always, you can go to calvarybible.com, find out what's happening in your neck of the woods. Click on your campus. Click on events. There's really a fun thing happening soon. Easter Sunday is upon us. Uh, Wow. What a year we've had, and we're looking forward to celebrating the resurrection of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as well as having so much fun with Egg Hunt, Good Friday, It's going to be a great weekend. So go to your campus on calvarybible.com. Find out when y'all are meeting. We look forward to seeing you there. All right, Mark. We got a real fun. Oh, you know what? I've got to say this too. This is huge. Okay. And the Calvary kids are going to love me. Kids Week registration is open. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's in July this year. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm looking forward to this. It's a really unique. uh, It's like an Australian thing. Thing. Nice. Yeah. Outback. A little Outback, yeah. Nice. Super fun, right? Yeah, that's always good. Yeah, man. Nothing wrong with some Outback steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You're going to make me hungry. Uh, Mark, it's so good to be in the booth with you, man. Yeah, good to be here. And you preached out in Thornton this last week? I did, yeah. Is that your second time out there? Yeah, that was the second time out in Thornton, and it's always good to be out there. It's, such a, it's a good community, and um, yeah, fun, fun to be out there with them. So. That's super fun. Uh, in May, I'll be out there. Oh, cool. And cool. I'm looking forward to it because, you know, we've been, for years, I was praying for that campus. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. just praying for God to work, God to do something. We yeah. had 130 days of prayer. Yeah. And it's just really cool to think about when you show up at that campus, like, what God has done. Yeah, it is cool. And to see the people, like, how faithful they are as well, right? Mm-hmm. And see what God's doing in the world. It's really neat. And it's always, you know, when you look up at the uh, walls at Calvary when you're really bored in a sermon, you see these make disciples and power leaders multiply churches. And it's really fun to see multiply churches even within our own organization. Yeah, it is. It's cool. Yeah. All right. So, Mark, uh, you are also the pastor of Global Outreach, right? That is true. Yes. Is that the official title? I think so. Yeah, that's fun. So, we got a lot of things happening in the missions world. We do. Coming up. What's going on in, in that neck of the woods? Yeah, so there's a lot coming up this summer. Um, student ministry is actually going on a trip to El Salvador. Oh, that's which fun. I would say roughly translated means the Salvador. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, actually the Savior, I think is what it yeah, means. Yeah, it does. But, yeah. Uh, but they're going to be going to El Salvador. This was a trip that 
couple years ago we were hoping to do in 2020. But yeah. I don't know if you heard, but there was some stuff that happened <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 2020 that yeah. affected our plans. And so uh, I would I helped plan this trip with Lindsay, uh, who works here at the Erie campus, and uh, we were, had a group of students who were ready to go and excited. And it was put on hold. So now is the official time. Uh, I'm no longer in student ministry, but Patrick at the Boulder campus and Brody at the Thornton campus and Lindsay here at the Erie campus are all leading that up and getting ready to um, do this trip to El Salvador with a group called Filter of Hope. So it's really cool. What is that? What is Filter of Hope? So they do water filters. They have like these incredible water filters that are able to, I mean, like legitimately you can put the dirtiest water in there you can put mm-hmm. cow dung whatever you have and it filters through and it brings out pure water mm. um and so they're able to what i love about it is they're able to partner with churches in the area mm-hmm. so they're working with local churches which in all of our missions work is always what we want to do we want to be partnering with the local church yeah going back to multiplying churches yeah yeah, yeah. we don't want to go in somewhere for a week and be like we're here for a week you'll never see us again yeah. it's like there's a, there's a church that they're working with in the area there's churches in the area who are that long-term partner and so that the students get to go they get to um share some water filters you know they, they're raising money for those so there's a tangible gift and then there's also the sharing of the gospel and so it's both you know the pure water, which is a tangible blessing, but then also sharing what is Jesus Christ? What is you yeah. know the, the living hope. water? Yeah, yeah, the Holy Spirit, who is you know out of your chest will flow springs of living water. Yeah, you know, and this this hope of life with God, and so it's it's a really cool trip, and so I'm excited for the students who are going to be going on that. That's going to be in June. Mm-hmm. We also have a trip going to Brazil in June. Okay. What does that trip look like? So this is, a, this is a long time Calvary trip. We partner with a church in Manaus, Brazil, and we've been doing this for, I think, 20 plus years, if that's right. And we, again, are partnering with a church down there where we're going on the Amazon River. It's medical work. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of areas, are, you know, you get to it by boat. So you're on a boat on the Amazon. I got to go a couple of years ago and see it, and it was incredible work in the the Brazilians and Venezuelan, I mean, there's a number of people who are there long-term doing this ministry. Mm-hmm. The church, I think, has like five pastors or wow. or so who are dedicated. And I don't know if that's still the number, but they have a number of pastors who are just dedicated to ministry on the Amazon. And so there's both church planting and mission um, with medical mission type of stuff. And so it's, again, the gospel and good deeds and love and care, meeting tangible needs and sharing the hope of Christ. And so just a beautiful, beautiful story of that. And we have such a good relationship with that church because we've been doing it for years. And so uh, one of our elders, David Seitz, is leading that trip and has been doing that for, for a good amount of time. And so really excited for that trip coming up. Um, I won't be going this year. I'll actually be here. And we also in June, so those are both in June. And yeah. then we also in June have some of our Haitian friends from Step Seminary coming out. This is some of the leaders from the seminary. Yeah, it's a pastoral retreat for them, right? Yeah, Great. and so they're going to come out and we'll get to spend time with them. They're going to have some time with thinking through vision and ministry and um, getting some um, just spiritual refreshment mm-hmm. and encouragement. So I hope it's that that's, think of Romans 1, this mutual encouragement, no mutual doubt. encouraging each other in our faith. And that's the, the hope and the prayer for that. And so you could be praying for all three of those things if you want something to be praying for yeah we we would love to be praying for those trips and with those people yeah in the coming weeks and months 
And yeah. as we hear what God does, right? Yeah, absolutely. I keep thinking of what was Tom's favorite line. It's like, uh, good works lead to good deeds. Good deeds leads to good news. Yeah, pl- platform to share the good news. Or yeah, platform like to share. Yeah. I think, I think it comes from someone else. I'm, I'm, what, is that a Eric Swanson quote, or where does that know. come from? Some, I don't know, but that, this is a reminder. That this is why we... Someone will correct us after listening. Oh, totally. <laughs> this is why we're the hands and feet in order for hearts to be softened to the gospel. Yeah. And for God to produce something within those. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Bring fruit forth. Yeah, it's really cool. Well, I'm so glad that uh, our missions is in full tilt over after COVID and we're getting to travel again as a, as a church. Um, even in COVID you traveled a little bit with going to Haiti yeah, and um, being really there for a season. And we also had um, a women's group go uh, minister to some missionaries over the last two years. Yeah. But you know, you can be praying for our missionaries people as you know, we, we have these Calvary missionaries. How many do we have now? We got We got a good amount. Um, I would say like, overseas around 15 ish yeah and you just be praying for the calvary missionaries yeah um it's pretty amazing that the sun never sets on anyone who calls calvary home around the world it's cool too i mean like you said our trips during covid were cut off you know we weren't able to do those but we had people around the world doing their thing and some people had to come back to the states but some people were just overseas that whole time and God's work around the world didn't stop, which is the amazing thing. And That's right. That's I right. actually think it helped us grow our relationships with our partners as we were hearing how they were doing in the midst of what was yeah. going on, which was kind of cool. Yeah, COVID made us all be a little more intentional, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and even in ministry with partners overseas. Yeah. Pretty cool. Okay, so we're talking about actually James too. That's where your preach was, second half. Uh-huh. What do you... What do you see out of James that, like, how do you read James? Let me ask it that way. You know, as you've studied the book, you've preached through the book, you've lived in the book, how how do you read James? I, th- I think it, it's one of the harder books for me to be encouraged by naturally. Mm-hmm. And I can get there, but it takes more work. What do you mean by that? So if I was to open up and read, like, Galatians is my go-to favorite uh, scripture hmm. and you know you read Galatians and Paul is just he's defending the gospel tooth and nail he's angry like <laughs> he's like if anyone preaches to you another gospel let him be a curse he's angry he's like this is this is the gospel you know yeah and he's just laying it down so clearly and sometimes my soul just needs that of hearing like oh this is like the truth like for freedom Christ has set you free stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery and just understanding the way that we are made right with God hmm. by faith alone Sometimes, a lot of times, my soul just needed that, and so James is is not my always been my go to. It was actually one of the first books that I spent more time doing memorization work in because there was a older uh, guy who was mentoring me, and he asked me if I wanted to begin to memorize the book of James with him, mm-hmm. and so we began memorizing it when I was in high school, and so it actually really began to influence me and was significant. But it's been one that over time, I think I've just realized, and as we're going through it now. It's so practical and so clear. There's a lot of really helpful insight into it, but right. it, it wasn't it wasn't my natural go to, you know. Yeah. Do you lean towards James being sort of the? Well, do you do you lean towards it being sort of the Old Testament version of Proverbs, or do you see it more as James's 
giving sermons over sort of what he's heard from his brother over the years? It's interesting because I, I don't know how much you have to choose between those two. Yeah. Because I, I had heard, you know, it's sort of like the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus gives really clear teaching. And it's sort of like Proverbs where there's this wisdom literature. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely is both. But what's interesting too is I think Jesus comes as the ultimate wisdom teacher. Mm-hmm. When he's on the Sermon on the Mount and when he's teaching in his ministry, he is he is the great wisdom teacher. And so really in a real sense, like Jesus is the fullest expression of wisdom. Then you have his own brother who's been hearing from him, learning from him, who's giving it. And so it's I think it's both like Proverbs and both like Sermon on the Mount. Um, but in a sense, because both of those are so tied together. Right. Um, even the Old Testament texts reaching its kind of full, the fullness of wisdom revealed in Christ and then his own brother giving us the teaching of Jesus, uh, instruction, wisdom from God on how we should live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really good, Mark. I like that a lot. In chapter two, there's two, basically two sermons. One's about no, no partiality, right? And mm-hmm. one is the difference in the balance between faith and works. Yeah. What in the second half of chapter two is probably the most controversial part of James in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. This is why in church history, some have taken it or left it behind mm-hmm. in sort of their reading because of this section, Yeah, yeah. which is super interesting. Yeah. At least, at least anything else. So what did you, what did you sort of, what was like your highlight of the second half of chapter two for you? What did you really enjoy thinking about? I really enjoy talking about what true faith looks like, mm-hmm. even just thinking about the nature of true faith. Because I think one of the ways I said it in the message is, like in our world, we're constantly trying to figure out what's true and what's genuine. Uh, you know, if you get a if you get handed a hundred dollar bill, you want to take a look at that thing and make sure it's true, make sure it's genuine. When you hear a piece of news, you want to know is that true, right? And James is kind of doing that for us with faith. He's saying, hey, what, what does true faith actually look like? Hmm. Um, and I think what I enjoy about James too is he's just it's just so practical. This is what true faith looks like. He says, you know, you, you believe that God's one. You believe that a God exists. Great. Even the demons believe yeah, that. Which shudder. is such a fantastic sort of return of a phrase, right? Yeah. 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 So you, you believe in God. That's great. That's good. Mm-hmm. But... It's, it's like James is wanting us to push beyond the faith of demons. Mm-hmm. He's wanting us to push beyond this weak, useless, um, dead sort of faith. Right. To really trust in God, to truly trust in him. Um, so I, I think I appreciate that aspect of it. Was there anything that stuck out to you as that you really enjoyed from James too? You know, when uh, I, I listened to Thomas's preach on James too. You know, I I think with the one of the questions is that I keep wrestling with in, in my own faith, and I think he asked it early on: is is your faith valuable mm. in the sense of does it produce something? Is it worth something? Um, in that sort of sense of value, yeah. And I thought that was a really sort of great idea to sort of carry on through, um, yeah, just sort of meditating on James two this week, mm-hmm. you know. Is does my faith produce value? Does yeah. it produce something that I can't I can see at times? You know, like 
the fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. but does it produce value where it, it benefits others that I'm a Christian or that I love Christ, mm. you know, in my action towards my family, towards my neighbors, towards my community. Mm. Um, I think that's really one of the things I've been sort of thinking about with James too. Yeah. 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 Like what, what does it actually bring about? Yeah. Right. And, you know, that's not like a, it's not, I, you know, sometimes we, we think that faith is um, quick. Yeah. Like it produces things quickly in us. But, you know, it takes a long time for the Lord to do a lot of hard work in us to produce something sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking about it. Has my life been of value because I love Jesus over the 20 years, now the 22 years that I followed him? Mm-hmm. And what what has that looked like? What did that look like in college? What did that look like in my twenties, thirties, and now even forties? Yeah. What does it look like within my marriage that now is approaching uh, year eleven? You know, like what what does it produce? You know, how have I changed? What has God done in me to change me? Yeah. And that's really what I think faith and works really boils down to me. And it can be encouraging and discouraging, right? Yeah. Um, probably a mixture of both. Yeah. That's probably the Christian life. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's what caught my attention more than anything. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that idea of what's it producing, what's it cha- what's it doing through you. One of the things that I think is a misconception that James kind of corrects is the idea of works as a burden to the Christian life. Yeah, that's a really interesting. Say more about that. Yeah, so one of the things that I think as, I mean, a 21st century Protestant, I can sometimes feel is like you want to fight the idea of we're saved by faith and not by works. Mm -hmm. And absolutely, amen. Like if anyone preaches another gospel, let him be accursed. That's what Paul says. Right. I'll stand with him on that one. You know, it's like this is the hope that we have. Like this is what we're going to live and die on. But also to know that true faith will produce transformation. Right. And that if you take out that idea of transformation, if you take out the idea of a transformed life, meaningful works for God, you actually don't have more of a gospel. You have less of a gospel. Right. Now I'd say that good works are part of the gospel. And what I mean by that is that part of the gospel is that you are saved by, this is Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result so that no one may boast. And then verse 10. Yeah. So not a result of works that no one may boast. Then verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, Mm -hmm. which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's good news to us. That is very good news to us. It's good news that God doesn't merely say, okay, Jay, I'm going to save you from your sin, but you're going to also be stuck in it without hope the rest of your life until you die. Right. But actually like, no, I'm going to help, I'm going to help you become a better father. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you become a better husband. I'm going to help you become a better man, a better pastor. And you're actually going to have joy that results in your life as you are changed. And as the world and your family and relationships are changed around you, like, why would we not want that? And he's prepared them in advance. Yeah, and he's like, prepared them for in he's, advance. He's not making this up on the fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not shooting from the hip. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's he really is 
he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. We're just hoping that we can pull it together. Yeah. I told, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I gave you all the pieces. Yeah. yeah you know, best of luck. Put it together. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Yeah. And, you know, it reminds me of that sort of the image of a sculptor, right? Mm-hmm. That a sculptor chose a piece of rock and has seen what it will be. And now is that the great work of chiseling it away? Yeah. To, produce something that's glorious yeah and reveals not only the beauty of that rock and how it can be shaped but more importantly shows how skillful the artist is yeah absolutely and i think that's what james is trying to get to Mm. you know Mm. it's really fun yeah you know it's it's super interesting right like uh what's the calvin quote about faith and works you yeah, said it. I got it right here. So at first I was, I had understood it as a quote from Luther and there's oh, maybe, maybe okay. some quotes. No, it, it, Calvin's where I'm going with it though. Uh, so there's a quote from John Calvin about faith and works. I'm just pulling it up on my manuscript here. Um, originally I said, it, I thought it was by Luther, but then as I was looking into it, you know, it's one of those things where whenever you get a quote and you're like, that's such a good quote. Like, yeah. If you try and find the source, it's sometimes so frustrating. Yeah, no doubt. But Thomas had done some uh, <clears throat> really good research and found a good quote from Calvin, which was very similar. I was like, oh, great, here we go. This is, you know, here, here's the source. Here's here's an actual yeah. original text. And so I think it's in line with some of the things Luther said as well. But he says, it is therefore faith alone which justifies. So it's faith alone which justifies. And yet the faith which justifies is not alone. Mm-hmm. So faith alone justifies, but it's not alone. And the idea is we're saved by faith, but that faith is going to be accompanied by works. That true faith, genuine faith, as as James says, is going to be completed and active along with works. That, um, that That's what faith actually looks like, lived out. And it's not something that's just dead or dormant, but it, it's really a, a living, active, vibrant faith. So the question is how, how does this work? How do, how someone listening today grows great, but how do I see the works that God's producing in me? Yeah. One idea I gave was uh, just thinking about a a tree and its fruit. Mm -hmm. If you're not bearing fruit, the answer isn't necessarily just try harder to bear fruit. You know, uh, it, there's, there's probably some health and things that need to be examined. Yeah, I, the illustration I actually gave is if you have two two fruit trees. <clears throat> one of them's an apple tree, um, but you tried to grow another fruit tree. It didn't grow up. So you just plant a fake tree in the ground. Right. It doesn't matter how much classical music you give that tree. It doesn't matter how much you try and motivate it and say, you know, you can do it. You got it. You're, you know, be a good tree. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't matter how much you water it. It's not going to grow fruit. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes the lack of fruit is is symptomatic of something deeper. And and I think James, one of the things he's questioning is like, is there faith? You know, is there true faith in someone? Mm-hmm. And if you recognize that there's not faith, the diagnostic isn't to be, you know, version 2.0 of yourself. Right. But what you need to do is recognize that and turn to Christ mm-hmm. and know that Christ is the one who makes us new, that he is the one who gives us life. He can forgive our sins and give us life and transform us and, God is in that business. And then if if you're a Christian who's struggling with fruit, I think there's several th- ways that could be addressed. And I, 
it's not a one size fits all because like you said, the story, it, it could be a time of patience. Like the story of Abraham mm-hmm. is one where he goes through years of trials, right? It's not like he's tested one day and completes that test and then all is it all is done. But there's years of waiting with childlessness, with uh, frustrating circumstances. And so I think sometimes it's, sometimes in our circumstances it's being faithful and trusting God and he's producing patience in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's recognizing sin in us of distraction and saying, okay, God, can you help, can you help shape something new in me? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's recognizing unhealthy patterns. Um, it, it can really vary or sometimes it's just being continuing to be faithful and trusting that God's going to produce. Yeah. And that patience itself might be the fruit that God's growing in you. No doubt. No doubt. Those are really good, Mark. I really think that's super important that if we're not producing fruit, one, it's God who does it and we need to chill out a little bit. Yeah. But two, there's some key ingredients that called humility, submission. Yeah. Um, that God can use over a long period of time to produce something. Yeah. And just to throw it out, I mean, if, if you want a passage on producing fruit and more of the, some of the positive application, how do you do that? I mean, James two is great for that. Mm-hmm. And then John 15, you know, how do you abide in Jesus so that his life goes through you? Yeah. It's not merely your, your life becoming realized. It's, it's Christ's life flowing through you and that That's being right. who you are. Yeah. Yeah. The center of the story is actually not you. Yeah, 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 it's Christ. Yeah, and that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's pretty incredible. And He's prepared in advance for all those things. Yeah, absolutely. Which is crazy. It's good news. It's super good news. Okay, something turn corner that some people don't know around here is that you're in seminary. I am. Yeah. Where Where are you at seminary these days? So it's a seminary called Reformed Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. Uh, the campus I'm at specifically is in Orlando. Mm-hmm but I am in Colorado. Um, I go out maybe once or twice a year for about a week. And uh, so the, the program is mostly, a lot of it is online, but then I go out every once in a while for an in-person class. Right. And been enjoying doing that. Been at, I started in 2019, and I'm three years into it, and I'm hoping to finish in the next two years. Okay. Yeah crazy like what is what is sort of your focus of study these days so the the program i'm doing as a whole is is pretty broad including languages and uh you know going through each book of the bible and pastoral counseling things like that you know there's a lot of it but right now i'm actually in two sort of more philosophically oriented classes yeah what is that so history of western philosophy Mm, and Christian really thought. I, I don't always remember the names of my yeah, classes. Yeah, to be totally, yeah you just did them. <laughs> it's not on the test. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> history of Western philosophy. I mean, maybe that's a, and a Christian thought in there. And then the other class is pastoral and social ethics. Ooh, super interesting. Yeah. And so for both of those, it's actually the same professor. If anyone wants to listen to them, you can get them online for free. Um, I just pay money to do it. (laughs) (laughs) To get a grade from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But those lectures are available online for free, which is awesome. I love that they do that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, those, so those two classes. And so I've actually been thinking, I've been thinking more about philosophy lately. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Which is your undergrad, right? SEU? It was was one of, uh, I did a minor in philosophy. So I did communication with a minor in philosophy, just because it's a fun, fun to be in those classes. Right. Especially 
University of Colorado. Yeah, I yeah. bet it was really interesting. Yeah, I'm getting some stuff filled in because when I was there, you know, I'm not expecting a Christian worldview to be yeah. presented at CU Boulder, and there were things that I was struggling with, and I had a couple people I could talk to, and now like getting a a fully a fully presented like Christian worldview in response to specific philosophical problems that were raised. Yeah. It's really fun. I'm oh, really grateful for it. Really cool, man. Yeah. That's really cool. So if you remember to pray for Mark in the coming weeks, pray for his perseverance in seminary. Yeah. It's it's an, it's a daunting task, isn't it? It is. I I've actually in the last few weeks felt more of the I'm I'm almost halfway through. Mm-hmm. And or about halfway through and I felt in the last few weeks like the oh do I want to finish this degree? Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and I do. It's just sometimes it sometimes it gets you a little bit, and it it, it takes some time. So yeah. I love any prayers. Totally. Well, Calvary, if you remember, in the next couple of weeks, pray for Mark and his perseverance in this season, because it's an important season, yeah. and you're learning some things that are going to carry you on for a very long time, and help produce some works in you, right? Yeah. Yeah. By God's works. grace. By God's grace. That's right. All right, Calvary, we're so glad you're listening to the conversation today. Thanks, Mark, for being here, taking the time out on your busy week to sit down with us. Calvary, you can always go to calvarybible.com, find out what's happening here at church. We'd love to get you connected. Also, we have a great app called Church Center where you can find a group or a community to jump into to grow in your faith and to learn what the balance is between faith and works here at Calvary. We'd love to walk with you there. All right, have a great week. Like always, you can write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com or my personal email, jewing at calvarybible.com. Love to hear from you. Have a fantastic rest of the week.